Welcome. It's another edition of the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. I am Jared Jeselitis, and uh, join me via an intricate array of uh, secret satellites is uh, Jeff Julik from his volcano lair someplace in the Pacific Ocean. Jeff, how are you, buddy? And the Richie Rich t- uh, Tower. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it was on the Black Tower Tower of Isengard, but eh, whatever. That's cool. Uh, we're going to spend a whole hour trying to talk some uh, Boilermaker hoops with you here. Uh, we do have uh, Alan Karpik and uh, Nate Barrett scheduled to be on the program here as well. As uh, we talk about your Purdue Boilermaker men's basketball team, they are in action tonight against Moorhead State. That game sold out, but uh, uh, that's going to be on uh, Big Ten Plus. But uh, this is a 1-0 and team now, Jeff Julik, uh, after the uh, win on Monday. Looked pretty good against Sanford, I thought. A team that, and, and the Bulldogs, that was going to have to shoot well. They like to shoot a lot of threes. They didn't have the size uh, and Purdue just, I, I mean, they came out and they took care of business like they should take care of business against the Bulldogs. And not everybody in the Big Ten this week did that against their buy-in opponents. Well, that's for sure. And it was an impressive performance by our Boilermakers. And, you know, they uh, they came out from the beginning and uh, established the tone. And it was interesting because, you know, I, I, I think the uh, the uh, plan is out against Zach Eady that, Farley Dickinson used to, you know, double and triple team, put a guy behind him, a couple people in front. And uh, Zach was very patient. Uh, you know, he didn't even take a shot till what, halfway through the first uh, half and uh, still ended up with his usual double-double, but it sure opened up some opportunities for the shooters. And uh, boy, Fletcher Lawyer jumped on that early. And uh, Braden Smith, what, with four three-pointers in that first half. So just a uh, performance that you like to see. Uh, from a uh, locked-in Purdue basketball team. Look, I said this on Monday, and I followed up on it on Tuesday on the uh, Hammer Down show, Jeff. There were, there were three things that I really wanted to see. One, that was a, a fire and passion from this team. Uh, you seem like you got that, first off. Second off, I needed to see three-point shooting, because that's the only surefire way you're going to alleviate that pressure on Zach Eady. And this is a team that was towards the bottom of the barrel in the Big Ten in three-point shooting percentage. They had to be better. And then uh, three, I was looking at Fletcher Lawyer and and Smith. Those guys had to be better at their respective positions. Lawyer had to be better at shooting the basketball. Smith had to do a better job of controlling everything. And I'll tell you what, I really thought all three of those boxes got checked off for me on Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, Brayton was looking for a shot. They were running some set screens for him and those kind of things. And, you know, you're right. I mean, this team, uh, you know, if they could hit three-pointers last year, especially in the NCAA tournament, they would have moved on. But, uh, you know, another year, and, you know, Coach Painter talked about how much time and effort this team put in in the offseason preparing for uh, this season when it comes to three-point shooting. And, you know, would they have, what, six or seven different players hit a three-pointer in that game? And you know, there's a lot of players that uh, have opportunities to make threes, and uh, it looks like their hard work paid off certainly uh, in that opening game. So uh, you just feel like you checked off a lot of those boxes. You feel good coming out of that victory. It was, uh, what, like a 20-point spread. Purdue easily covers that. Uh, you know, Of course, they did this in the preseason last year as well. Uh, we thought it was going to be a solid Sam uh, Samford team. and uh, they just You could tell. Mackey Arena really got to those guys. Yeah, you know, and they had some impressive wins on their resume over the years. I mean, what, they defeated uh, Mississippi a couple years ago and uh, – you know, there's teams that just won't let them, won't play them because they've been able to upset them. And they were fiery. I mean, there was, 
There were some altercations uh, between them and the Boilermakers. Yeah, early, that one and... dude straight tried to punch Zachy in the back of the leg or something. Yeah. I was, I was yeah. like, what the yeah. heck, man? Yeah, there was all kind of stuff going on like that. And, uh, you know, they were uh, – and they pressed the entire game. They did not even stop even when we were – you know, we had well, – we played 17 players on uh, – on Monday night, and and even we had the the what the third string players in, they were still pressing, and and you know so they were a fiery team, and I can see why teams don't like to play them, but uh, you know as as we've mentioned on our show before, I mean just another example of uh, of Matt bringing a team in here that he thinks that he may face in the NCAA tournament, and uh, this was a fiery team and a good performance by the Boilermakers to uh, establish their dominance early and not even give. Uh, give them a chance to even think about an upset. Boy, you talk about the press there, and what a revelation for folks that haven't had a chance to watch this team yet. What a revelation Lance Jones was, bringing the basketball up on the press. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Lance Jones has a lot of Carson Edwards in him. And what I mean by that is there were times when Carson, and you could just see it. I never will forget when they when the Purdue team represented the USA in the basketball games, and they played a game out at Jeff, and and they were playing, I think, Canada or somebody like that. But uh, the, you know, he came back and drained a three right in somebody's face after he got ticked off. And that's what you see out of Jones. I mean, he got into an altercation with one of their players as well. And the next thing you know, he comes down and makes a big basket. And, you know, he brings so much to this table. I mean, you talk about a, you know, many times in the portal, you're always looking for that superstar or that player that, that, that you think is going to take the team to the next level. And, and this may be a, a unbelievable find by Matt Painter because, you know, he brings so much to the table and especially things that we were missing last year. You know, he's, he's bringing it to us. And uh, I love this young man. You know, I've seen him play two games so far. So, yeah, great addition for this basketball team. Uh, Jeff, on top of that, uh, the the hype uh, over the jump ball. We we saw all the little vignettes this week. They worked so hard on it, and you know Zach Eady was right. He's like he better jump, and that I mean it's exactly what I thought they were going to do. He was just going to not jump and then go try to pick it off on on the tip and win the tip that way. But I'll be honest with you, part of me was really hoping that he was going to try. And I, I feel let down. They they did all this work, being like yeah for the jump ball, and then he never jumps. Yeah. So, but I tell you what, it made for a great picture, didn't it? Uh, seven foot four uh, up against five foot seven. But uh, yeah, you know, and their coach addressed it in the post game how that uh, in the uh, football crazed state of Alabama, they need to do things to to draw attention to their program, and uh, they had a lot of fun with it because you know how many times do you get to play a national player of the year, and especially someone as imposing as Zach Eady with that seven foot four frame and uh, you're in jump and uh, the Boilermakers still got the tap. All right, Jeff, that brings us into this matchup tonight where uh, the Moore State, Moorhead State Eagles uh, will be in town. They've already got two games under their belt. Um, uh, look, what stands out about them so far? Well, they're shooting 50% over two games. So here you go. It's another good shooting team. Uh, it's another team that uh, tends to be all right rebounding. I mean, they they put up points. Now, granted, uh, these two games were against Alabama, where they got blown out one hundred five to seventy three, and then the other game uh, was against Shawnee State, where they put up ninety six. I mean, that's kind of where the lopsidedness uh, of this all comes in. I mean, that's uh, they they shot fifty six percent in uh, in that game, and I have no idea where Shawnee State is, but uh, that gives you an idea. But you know, they only. 
I mean, they they, they shot 43% against Alabama, and Alabama just ran them right out of the place. But, you know, what uh, what do you know about the Morsehead State Eagles, and uh, what are you looking for on Friday night when you're in attendance at Mackey? Well, you know, they had a nice season last year. They they made the NIT. They went 22-14. They knocked off Clemson in the uh, first round of the NIT and then lost the second game. But, uh, you know, again, this is a type of team you could see in the NCAA tournament, you know, especially early. And, you know, uh, Purdue has a lot of things to work on. Matt will tell you that. And one of those things is their defense. And this will this will test their defense because they're athletic. And this gives them opportunity. But, you know, so far – uh, kind of interesting situation where the Boilermakers have put 98 points up twice in that exhibition game against Grace and then 98 against um, against our friends the other night. So, you know, and, and, and they've held the opponent to 50, so 50 or 51. So, you know, they're doing a great job right now. And, and again, I would expect the Boilermakers to try to get up early on these guys and uh, continue that shooting. And obviously, I don't expect us to shoot uh, over 50% from three every night. But, boy, if they continue to hit some of those threes, uh, it's going to be a tough, tough team to beat. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here, but you know, a lot of praise for that first game and, and, and what we've seen so far out of the Boilermakers through the exhibitions and everything, though. But um, there, there are things to still work on. I mean, outside, I mean, there's the turnovers obviously there, but it's not all sunshine and lollipops, right? I mean, what are some of the things you feel like are still lacking? Well, I, I think uh, the big issue I see is is how is this team going to gel with all the different rotations that they've got? Because you know, there you could argue there are twelve players that need to play for the Boilermakers right now, and so when you do that, you've got different rotations. And what Matt's been doing is, you know, he goes with the starting five, and then he mixes it up. You know, they'll play the first five minutes, and then they'll mix it up for the next for the next ten minutes, and then the last five minutes he comes back to the starting lineups and. Um, you know, they have to work on. If you watch, they're they're, they're doing different things this year. They're, they're putting Zach out at the foul line, which gives some opportunities for for the four and Trey Kaufman Wren to dive a little bit better. You know, Zach took an outside shot again the other night, so they're, they're experimenting with things that they think that will make them a much better team. But there's really two things that I think we've all talked about that this team needs to do, and that's one: take care of the basketball and hit the outside shots because you have to because of how much attention that they're giving Zach Eady. So, yeah, you know, uh, it, it, I think the big thing right now is just what kind of rotations you have and, and how well those uh, those players gel when they're in together as at that particular unit. All right, Jeff, why don't you uh, take a break here. We'll bring in Alan Karpik next. We'll spend the whole hour talking Boilermaker Hoops on the Boiler Basketball Show here on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The Hammer. superstars. Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. We're going to go over to the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. I'm going to bring up my buddy Alan Karpik at GoldenBlack.com. It's just the number one resource here, I'm telling you, for you uh, Purdue fans. Uh, they do a great job of covering Purdue sports, uh, whether it's football, basketball, and the like. They've got you covered. Uh, the whole staff does a great job. Make sure you get the subscriptions. They make excellent Christmas gifts as well. Al, great to be uh, talking with you here again. Boilermakers now officially 1-0. and um, They look good against Samford. Uh, and, you know, it is Samford, don't get me wrong. It was supposed to be a uh, solid mid-major team, but Purdue came out and did what I thought that they needed to do. I know you had your set of boxes that you needed checked off. What were those, and did Purdue check those off in the first game? Well, yeah, I, I think so. You look at the, the ways that Purdue uh, went about its business. It's, uh, 
I think we talked about just them playing angry a little bit uh, with an edge, whatever term you want to use. The Boilermakers did that. I think that was a, a good thing. I also, you know, it's going to be a huge challenge, as we've talked about, for Matt Painter to pare down that roster. That's a good problem to have if you're Purdue. Um, but I think it's, it's a situation where the Boilermakers uh, are really loaded. We know that, and it's just a question of how it gets administrated and uh, this team is going to have a terrific year. It's just a mess- again, just to not sure exactly what pieces will put it all together, but uh, they're there to be put together. Did anything kind of shock you? Was there any kind of surprises? Did somebody exceed your expectations? Uh, kind of give me what the what kind of curveball you got watching Monday's game? Not really. I mean, I I don't think so. Um, I, I think that uh, you know we we've, we've seen Braden Smith and been a lot of talk about uh, you know how good. Uh, and how much improved he is, uh, but but you know, Cameron Heidi, we knew he was good. We know he can do what he's got to do. Miles Colvin showed some flashes in him being able to do that, but Miles has got a ways to go on some other facets of the game. But uh, he's so talented. Uh, I don't think anything really shocks me uh, from that standpoint at all. Uh, the fact that you, you, I think Matt Painter said on on Thursday, you know, it was a 17-man rotation by the time you put in all the walk-ons and all, but uh, it's just a, it's a team that's, that has picked up its game uh, and it doesn't surprise me that Fletcher Lawyer was making shots. Fletcher Lawyer, despite what some fans think, uh, is an excellent shooter and, and, and how Fletcher Lawyer performed in the second half of the season last year, too. It's a guy that uh, can get it done and I expect him to have a big year. He knocks down that first shot, Alan. And I'll tell you, I I felt it in my soul. I know that sounds crazy, but like he hits it, the place goes crazy. He's got the fist pump. I mean, I nobody wanted that shot to fall more than that kid did. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to spend too much time worrying about some of the challenges he had last year. He's just a guy that uh, uh, you know he's got another year under himself in terms of. Uh, from a physical standpoint, I, I just think he's not going to be a guy that's going to look back to some of the struggles he had. Yes, yeah, shooters are going to go through times that they're going to miss miss shots, but Fletcher Lawyer is not uh, shy. Uh, you don't want him to be shy. You want him to make shots, and I expect him to be able to do that at a very high level. We're talking to Alan Karpik here of uh, GoldenBlack.com on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline, Purdue tonight. Uh, another matchup here against uh, Moorhead State. Jeff and I have been talking a little bit about this about how you know i think a lot of people just look at the schedule and go okay these are all throwaway games everybody just kind of pads it but you know matt painter kind of picks these teams for specific reasons uh one he wants to find ways to challenge his team two uh not a lot of teams uh alan surprisingly want to come up and play in Mackey arena that are uh really really tough i don't I, i don't blame them for that but um, you know, what are you looking at here tonight? What kind of challenges do you think Moorhead State can provide uh, Purdue to get them better? Well, I, I do think they do come up because of the paycheck, and <laughs> that's to be convenient. Yeah, that honest. does help, yeah. Get, get the opportunity to do that. You know, I think the common thread between Sanford and Moorhead State, these are teams that uh, won their conferences last year. Uh, Matt Painter tends to pick uh, teams that he knows are going to come up and, and provide some challenges against the uh, against Purdue. Certainly Sanford tried to, they just got blown out so much. It, was, it wasn't impactful, but they tried to pressure Purdue. I would expect Moorhead maybe to do a little bit of that. Uh, 
I know Matt Painter said on Thursday he likes the kind of offense they run. They have they have some complexity to the sets they run. So you want to have it be a good learning experience, and you also want to see if your team is uh, up to getting it done every uh, every night. And and uh, we all know that Xavier on Monday night will be a much bigger. Uh, challenge and those Xavier's going through some injuries and, and some things to get its program uh, where it will be by the end of the year, I would suspect. So, yeah, I, I just think I think that uh, Purdue's challenge is itself. And and to be very honest, the way that this team is going to be this year, its challenge is going to be itself for most of the year because there aren't going to be many teams that are going to be at the level that Purdue is. I mean, the Big Ten, I think, is much better this year but it hasn't shown it from the get-go, at least what what we saw happen to Michigan State against James Madison and on down the line. But this is a this is a, a league that's going to be very, very good and very testy. But Purdue just has to make incremental improvement, but it also just has to make shots. You know, that's what got them in, uh, got them in trouble against Fairleigh Dickinson. If Purdue shoots the ball at a decent clip and gets confidence in that, I think that's going to be a great sign for what should be a remarkable year. I know Matt Painter doesn't normally pare down that rotation. You kind of alluded to this at the uh, top of the segment here, but uh, how in the world? He, I know he normally does that around uh, around Christmas or so. But how, how in the world do you even go about paring this down? Because uh, you look at how many guys touch the floor um, on, on Monday, and of course, you know tonight will give us a better thing. But you know you're, you're picking these pieces, but then there's also I feel like there's going to be a guy or two that deserves the court time here, but is not going to see it because of a couple of other you know, rotations that might just work out for Purdue better. I mean, there's going to be somebody, I think, pretty solid having to sit on the sidelines because they just don't mess with whatever else that second unit needs to do. Well, I think it's going to be a rotation thing. I think that uh, you know you have to think that uh, Brian Waddell and Will Byrne, both guys that I think can play, I mean, they're good. They're, they're capable players, but it's going to be tough for those guys to find court time. I think everybody else, uh, is going to get, get, get in that rotation. And I don't know. Brian Waddell, they really like the way he played. But Matt Painter, make no, make no mistake. He likes Brian Waddell. And I, and, and, uh, I think that uh, now he's in his third year at the program. This is a guy that I'll be surprised uh, if he doesn't play, assuming he stays at Purdue throughout his career. And he's obviously a legacy, a lot of reason for him to stay here. Uh, he'll get his chance, but uh, it's going to be tough this year. To, to work your way into the lineup uh, for significant mi- minutes. The same with Will Berg. I mean, he played well, I thought, against Sanford. I guess that might have been my one of my surprises, or at least pleasant surprises if you're a Purdue fan. But, again, uh, where is he going to play? You've got to get Caleb first on the court uh, when, when Zach Eady isn't there. It may depend a little bit on rotation. Yes, Will Berg may play in some of these games if Purdue's got 30- and 40-point leads. But uh, when it push comes to shove... It doesn't appear, I should say, that uh, those guys that uh, he's going to be in the rotation. But I'm not there every day, Jared, so I can't sit there and say that uh, I know what Matt Painter has up his sleeve. He even Matt Painter even talked about Camden Heidi and some ability to play the four. You know that uh, was a little bit surprising, but is a guy that you know I think that's going to be a lot of the storyline is how does the Miles Colvin and, and Camden Heidi fit into what you want to get done. Everybody else on that roster, um, you know, I think Lance Jones also, you know, is extremely skilled. We knew that going in. That's why I said I wasn't surprised by how he played. But he adds a whole new dimension uh, to what Purdue can do offensively and defensively. 
And I think that that's going to be a storyline again that we'll watch unfold. But I expect Lance Jones to play a lot this year. And that may be at the expense of Mason Gillis. I don't know, or others in that situation with that three guard offense. But that's, that's why I think Purdue fans just need to sit back and enjoy the season and watch it, watch this team be put together by, in my opinion, one of the best coaches in college basketball, Matt Painter. Should I uh, should I hold my breath? Can I get in in one of these games? Maybe over the Christmas break. Can I can I get both Berg and Zach Eady on the court at the same time, just for the aesthetics of it? Can we have? Can it happen once? What do you think? Uh, you know, I don't see Matt Painter being much of a show guy. <laughs> kind of like what Stanford brought to the table with the center jump. He didn't even jump, uh, Alan. That was the biggest uh, cop out ever. Yeah, but uh, you know, anything's possible. But I would, I'm going to, I'm going to hedge and say no. You're not going to see that. No. Uh, Matt, Matt is a pretty much of an all business guy, and um, though Wilberg brings some different skills uh, in terms of being able to run the court a little differently, I'm not than Zach Eady. He's not, you know, he's he's tiny compared to Zach Eady. So uh, that's a that's another thing. I think he can shoot the ball. I was very impressed with him, but. Again, finding time for him is going to be a real challenge. But the other storyline, and you never want to talk about this, or, or if you're a Purdue fan, you don't want to jinx yourself, you know, this comes down to health. You've got to keep your team healthy, and you never know what's going to happen throughout the course of the year. You know, you don't want to lose Zach Eady. That states the obvious. You don't want to lose, lose uh, uh, you know, Braden Smith either. I mean, that's, those are two guys you can't lose. If you want to go a long way in the in the, in in March slash April, so uh, but injuries do happen, and uh, that's what's going to be an interesting thing. Those guys need to be ready because you never know what can happen to, in terms of uh, health uh, when it comes to basketball. Alan Carpet, GoldenBlack.com is the website. If you're not uh, on it, I, I don't know what to do as a, uh, for a Boilermaker fan, but you need to make sure you're checking it out. Um, it's great. There's plenty of free content, but the subscription. I absolutely love it. Make sure that you check it out as well. Alan, uh, always a pleasure talking ball with you, man. Enjoy tonight's game. Enjoy Monday's Gavit games. Tuesday looks like an absolutely loaded Big Ten slate. So I think it's going to be a great week of basketball, buddy. Enjoy it. Yeah, it's really fun to watch this team. Uh, just an observer in Mackey Arena. Every game is a, is a blast if you're a Purdue fan, and uh, you got to enjoy that. And we will very much. I will look in this station. Welcome back. This is the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Jesselitis. Jeff Julik uh, sitting this one out here. We do have Nate Barrett, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation, joining me here on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Nate's uh, all smiles this week. Uh, got to watch his Boilermakers with their official first win of the season over the Bulldogs. A lot of hype and a lot of questions heading into this one. Nate, like I mentioned with Alan here too, and Jeff at the top of the show, you just feel like um, some of the, a lot of the boxes that you probably had going into that game on Monday that you wanted to see got checked off. Um, I'm wondering what your boxes that you needed to see checked off on Monday were, and if this team exceeded your expectations in those oh. areas. Well, fifty-one seventeen at the half, I think exceeds expectations. I think so. That qualifies. <laughs> Yeah, that was a cool little stunt that they pulled with the, the little guy uh, jumping center. Of course, I, <laughs> he I didn't no, jump. <laughs> I know he didn't jump, and then you knew Matt Painter wasn't just going to give it to him. Zach Eady weren't going to give it to him. So that worked out. You know, I think uh, everyone came away with a, a warm feeling. I actually sat part of the game with a, a guy from out of town that's learning about Purdue's team, and he was asking me a good question. I'm like, well, how many do they play? Or, 
you know, how many are going to play. And I was just pointing out to him some of the guys on the Purdue bench at that moment and, and how you, you really are struck when you're describing Purdue's bench about the level of depth that they have. And, uh, what a unique situation it is. It's a good one for Matt in many ways. And yet, um, you know, he's faced with, with that challenge that here you've recruited well, you've brought in guys that you like, that you think fit the Purdue program, but you only have so many minutes uh, to dole out each game. And so that means there's going to be some guys that have to accept their role and, and you know, occasionally less minutes than they'd like. In fact, mo- most of the time, really less minutes than they'd like. And so uh, keeping the team in the forefront, looking up at those banners from last year and going, you know what, it was a team that, that won those banners and recognizing that there are some guys that are talented, skilled guys that unless somebody, you know, like the you know, game where they get in foul trouble or something and you're going to get some extra minutes, but by the Big Ten time, that's going to be down to, you know, eight and sometimes probably seven in terms of, you know, who actually sees long-term minutes in the game. And, and that has to be okay or you're probably not, you know, a fit for Purdue and the, the way things are, and probably most, you know, most high-level schools. At some point, it's a it's a seven-eight man deal for most of those league games and going forward. So, it, to say all that, Jared, it was it was neat to see a lot of guys getting time on the floor. It was neat to see, you know, a guy like Waddell getting a dunk. It was neat to see Purdue able to have all the walk-ons out there at the end of the game. And you you, you do need a few of those games. It's good for fan interest. It's good for mm-hmm. each of those guys that are grinding in practice every day hoping to see the floor so i think it's just what the doctor ordered for purdue to get the season rolling and you know, some basketball here to play tonight and monday as they get set for a big trip out to maui just out of curiosity that guy you were explaining things to he's not from the state of michigan and he didn't have a cell phone out the entire time did he he did not he was okay. from Wy- he was from wyoming Oh, okay. what, kind, so, what kind of the stuff they doing out in Wyoming here? I don't, I don't think they have the budget for that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't think Jim Harbaugh will ever coach in Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking with Nate Merritt here on the uh, on the Hammerhead Hotline. So, uh, look, I think this was an interesting weekend in the Big Ten, Nate, because you know Purdue. Of course, everybody wants to bring up the Fairleigh Dickinson stuff and, and the way that they left. Uh, they come out on Monday. You really felt like. They answered that bell. I mean, uh, I mentioned this to Alan in our uh, previous segment. You come out early, Fletcher takes that first shot, a guy that desperately needed to start knocking down his shots like he used to. He hits that first three, and I, I felt it in my soul, Nate, when he hit that thing. I mean, that's how pivotal that shot felt for the trajectory at the beginning of the season. Confidence in shooting, I mean... Let's face it, everybody that loves basketball knows the three-pointer could be a fickle friend. And uh, when you're hot and you're rolling from three, all seems right with the world. And when you're not, uh, you've got to find other ways to win. And so, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, the national media, you know, when they when they look at Purdue, they you can get overly simplistic sometimes and just look at what happened there in that game against Fairleigh Dickinson but not understand that this is a team that, you know, that won – the Big Ten by three games had a great start to the season, and probably by the end was a little, a little run down, a little worn down. I think it's also important for us all to remember, Jared, that you know this is Purdue will likely be. I think you know I think they'll probably be number one at some point this season. We we have to, I think, I uh, think safely assume that's possible. You know, and that if that were the case, it'd be the third season that that's happened. My point then is, look at what you have. You have 
lawyer in Smith who seemed a little beat up and, and you know, certainly gave us a, an excellent freshman year, but Fletcher in particular wasn't getting calls down the stretch in the Big Ten. They're tougher. They're more veteran. The team uh, is getting used to being and hanging around in that top five in the nation, which when that stuff starts can be really hard on a team mentally uh, that isn't used to it, where you have some of these programs like Kansas and Duke that are used to that year in, year out. They expect it. It's still a new experience, by and large, for Purdue to be really locked in in that top five, top ten level consistently year in and year out. So when you have that, you know, it's confidence can be that funny thing. But you're, you're right in pointing out that if they can get rolling early and, and get their confidence up, uh, it'll make a major difference in some of these early contests. Well, you, you know, you bring up a the team in, in the way that, you know, Purdue has hung around in that top five and how long it takes to build that and then maintain that. You look at Michigan State, they brought in some flashy guys and everything, and this is supposed to, you know, uh, people had them up, what, like three or four or so, and uh, maybe better than Purdue all of a sudden. I think Purdue fans were kind of a little miffed about that from the national media because they assume it's Tom Izzo and stuff. But then you look at them go out and lay the goose egg in, in, in their first game, and you say, uh, you know, th- this is tougher than people realize. What Matt Painter has done uh, I know there's the Matt Ainers out there, and, and they're never going to go away. But, I mean, look at what Michigan State did on, on uh, Monday versus what Purdue did and, and how they've gone about their programs the last five years and, and who they brought in. I mean, that's, that should tell you all you need to know about Matt Painter at this moment. Absolutely. I, I think we fail to realize that, you know, when it's all said and done, whenever that is, you know, Tom Izzo uh, – for the for the next period of years will be the you know the big, winningest Big Ten coach of all time, and then uh, Matt Painter is going to be right in there. I think uh, you know Matt's already one of the top five six winningest Big Ten coaches in history. And now people don't I don't think that really on a gut level has even hit a lot of Purdue fans that you know that that uh, you know can't seem to get their head around that. Listen, when you look at Matt Painter, you're already looking at one of the top. Five, six, seven Big Ten coaches that's ever done it. Now, I don't know if they can always accept that the way they should, but they should accept it and uh, because it's a fact. And uh, Matt's going to be, by the all end of it, he, he's going to be one of those top four or five Big Ten coaches ever. And, that's, and, and, and it might be a while before anybody catches him, the nature of things, how they are today. So uh, everything's changing. We know that. You don't know how long Tom Izzo coached, but right there next you know, behind Tom in terms of this league, um, you know, Matt's all of a sudden he's that guy. And whenever, if, you know, Matt continues to coach and hopefully here right at Purdue, and, and uh, I hope he never quits and goes to do television, but he could. He'd do it very well. But uh, when Izzo hangs it up, you know, Matt's going to be dean of this league. And he's earned that. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much longer Tom will want to do it, but, you know, uh, wouldn't it be great if, if Matt has that chance to. You know, it was Bob Knight's league, along with Gene Cady, Lou Henson, and uh, and then it was Tom Izzo's league, and uh, and I think we're going to be up against a moment here in the near future where it's Matt Painter's league. I was waiting for who else you were going to throw in with Izzo. I thought maybe you would throw in like a Bo. I, I was waiting for another name to come out there at one point. Uh, well, if you would Bo, love it in. Bo, you know, Bo did great, but Bo just all time wins wise. You know, he had all those years at the D three level, so Bo yeah. just. You know, age-wise, was you know wasn't going to get to that point, but he did a great job there. I'm just saying, in terms of the, you know, what I'm getting at, Jared, is how many guys are going to get 19, 20 years at the same school in this day and age, uh, and you're you're seeing it. Look at 
in NFL football, how many active players are ever going to catch Brady, Breeze, or Manning in yardage? Uh, there's not too many active quarterbacks that I think uh, in this league at this moment ever even get there to catch those guys. Yeah, to be able to hang around and then, uh, you know, everybody's getting faster and stronger. It's making it a little bit, uh, uh, that evens that playing field. But I understand what your, uh, your, your point is with that. That's Nate Barrett, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation, who does such a great job uh, here with uh, football and just a, a tremendous uh, Purdue fan and supporter. It's uh, always great, and I love it when you do the, uh, the alumni stuff. I love it when you get to, I know you love taking that Florida trip down there with the uh, alumni group and all that during the uh, cold months. You do a great job with that as well, buddy. Uh, I know you're going to be excited about, uh, well, God, Monday, man. I, I'm, I know we only got about 30 seconds left, but how excited are you for Monday, the Xavier game? These Gavit games look fantastic this year. I love the Gavit games. I know there's a rotation there. We don't get to do it every year, but I love them. I love that uh the uh, basketball that comes out of the Big East each year, and you know, as Butler's done well over the years, and then got in that league, we all kind of follow locally. I think people keep one eye on what Butler's up to, and then now with Patino coming in, the St. John's, I'm almost half tempted to get a ticket and go down and see uh, the Bulldogs and St. John, uh, St. John's this year at, at Hinkle. Uh, that's a good basketball league, so I love that the that Purdue gets an opportunity to play teams in that league. Thanks so much. There's dot org. Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Justin Lights. We're bringing back in Jeff Julik via the telephone lines here. And now is the time, Jeff. We like to take a look at the conference as a whole and then uh, also uh, look at the schedule for the week. So um, it's uh, it's been interesting here. I mean, basically everybody uh, moving to 1-0 and in their first games except for two teams, Rutgers, which was a little bit of a surprise, don't get me wrong, but the shocker is Michigan State has started out 0-1. There was all this hype for the young guys and everything, too, and and all of a sudden Izzo is beside himself after they lose to James Madison. Whew. Yeah, absolutely, and again, it was you know Tyson Walker's, and then you know they had no help, and they still couldn't shoot, and... Uh, you know, when when their supporting cast doesn't put the ball in the uh, basket, it's a tough night for this party. They got to play Duke next week. Like they th- th- that, that yeah. team's going to get run out of the. They show up like that again. Oh, they're in a lot of trouble. Lot of trouble. But we'll see. Uh, there's uh, there, there's plenty of time here to figure that one out. Uh, if you are Tom Izzo, certainly when you've got the caliber of talent there. Uh, you uh, you can find some ways around things. So let's take a look at what the slate looks like, starting with tonight. Youngstown State, the Penguins travel up to Michigan game. That is at 6.30 on BTN. Um, I'm not too sure about Michigan yet. I know they got themselves that W early on. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about them yet, Jeff. Yeah, you know, they uh, they got a lot of, of, uh, of uh, question marks. And, you know, and of course, Coach Howard isn't coaching yet, so he's uh, still recovering from his heart surgery. So, you know, they uh, they are a team that are definitely in flux right now. Uh, of course, Purdue hosts Moorhead State tonight, 7 o'clock. 15th-ranked Texas A&M goes into Ohio State. The Buckeyes escaped Value City Arena uh, with a, what was it, a six-point victory over Oakland? I yeah, mean, they that's... did not play well. So yeah, no. That was no. A, uh, another game that uh, could have been an upset. So, 
you know, I'm sure they'll be ready because this is a big game for them, taking on the 15th ranked team. But uh, this is a very young Buckeye team. They've got a few pieces back. You know, Zed Key has trimmed down by about 30 pounds so that he can play more of the four position. And, you know, they've got a lot of uh, talent, but uh, it's going to take a little while for that team to come together. Now, Rutgers off their loss to Princeton will host Boston University at 7 o'clock. On ESPNU, you got Maryland at Davidson. Lehigh is at Penn State at 7.30. Uh, at Peacock as well at 7.30 is uh, the Roadrunners, UTSA, taking on Minnesota. Uh, I know you guys are going to flood that channel. Um, but then there's the aforementioned uh, Oakland. They're going to be out at Illinois, 8 o'clock, State Farm Center. It's not televised. Drayvon gives Lawhorn the one-time uh, Purdue commit. Look good. One-time McCutcheon Maverick. Look good for Illinois. But like we talked about, you know, Oakland uh, brought it to Ohio State. I think it was more an indictment on Ohio State than it is a affirmation of Oakland, if uh, if you get what I'm saying, Jeff. Yeah, well, you know, Oakland has upset Michigan State in the past, and, you know, they're always a decent program. And, uh, you know, I thought Illinois was very impressive in their opener. So they look uh, like one of the top teams in the conference. And, you know, it, uh, it should be an interesting matchup when they uh, travel to Champaign. Then Iowa wants Bama. They're going to get Bama. Bama State at 8 o'clock on Peacock. <laughs> uh, then you got Dayton and Northwestern on BTN. That's the second game of the doubleheader at 8.30. Also on Peacock, uh, number 9 Tennessee taking on Wisconsin. Jeff, oh, how do you feel about this matchup here? I mean, this is a tremendous opportunity for Wisconsin, who is coming off a uh, just a monumentous win against Arkansas State. Uh, that did see them shoot 65%. I mean, they did have that going for them. Yeah, you know, I was very impressed with Tennessee when I saw them go into uh, East Lansing and, and play as well as they did against Michigan State. Of course, maybe that is not as impressive as it seemed at the time. But, uh, you know, this will be a big game uh, for, for Wisconsin. To, these are resume wins, and if you can get this win, certainly looks good on your resume. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. All these games on Peacock, and they all start at the same time or uh, – or within an hour, and that's a different mentality than we're used to seeing. We're used to thinking, well, you know, if a game starts at 7, is that game going to be over by 9, so the next one will start on the Big Ten? But uh, that's the nice part about this uh, streaming platform, multiple games at the uh, same time going on. All right, so nothing on Saturday, but Sunday. We do have two games. Bryant will go to uh, Rutgers and uh, play at noon, and then at 7 o'clock, if you don't want to, I don't know, Sunday Night Football is pretty bad this week, isn't it? I don't remember what's on it. Uh, but uh, I, don't remember it I feel either. like people made some jokes. It was like Carolina and something. Like, no, Carolina uh, was, yeah, no, never mind. I'm, I'm losing my mind. Look, here's the point. Uh, you can watch Army and Indiana play at 7 o'clock. The Hoosiers about blew it against Florida Gulf Coast there before they finally went on a run with like eight minutes left to go. Then they got the cover, Jeff, and then they blew that late because Florida Gulf Coast got on their Reggie Miller there with like uh, two minutes left. It's the Raiders and the Jets, by the way. So yeah, it there is. you go. But, but anyway, yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, you know, IU struggled big time, and uh, they uh, Mabaco was you know their five star from that was one time committed to Duke did not look good. Uh, I tell you what, the wear looked really good. The big center, seven foot two from Oregon, but you had to keep that young man focused. And uh, Cup, their uh, their point guard who was in Ohio Mister Basketball last year. He was also impressive. So there were some nice things. And, you know, it's a shame that, that, that Coach Knight isn't alive for this because I think that's one of the reasons that they set this game up because, you know, obviously Coach Knight was the coach at Army and then uh, and over the Hoosiers. And so uh, uh, it'll be kind of a special night uh, in Indiana just because of those two teams meeting. 
We get back to Monday. Uh, there is Purdue basketball back on for 8-8-30. Fox Sports won the Gavit games tipping off there. Uh, that'll be the second game of the doubleheader. The first game of the doubleheader is Michigan at St. John's, and Ryder is at Nebraska on BTN at 8 o'clock. Uh, if you uh, want to check out Nebraska basketball, which I know all of you are excited to do in the month of November. Right, Jeff? <laughs> Absolutely. And I tell you what, I'm looking forward to seeing Xavier. You know, they lost two of their best players uh, for the season. And, uh, you know, the other night they had a, a, a nice opening win. But they, uh, you know, a smaller team. They, they basically go uh, three guards and two forwards and not a lot of size. So they got a real tough time matching up against the Boilermakers. And, of course, Sean Miller brings uh, his team in after – a successful stint at Arizona, and now uh, c- uh, coaching the uh, Musketeers. Look, Tuesday is loaded with great college basketball. Wisconsin at Providence at 6 o'clock. That's going to be fantastic. I'm telling you right now. Then, number 2 Duke, number 4 Michigan State, 7 o'clock on ESPN. There is also St. Francis, PA at Penn State. Whatever. It's on BTN. But look, <laughs> number five, Marquette at 25th ranked Illinois at 8 o'clock on Fox Sports 1, part of the Gavit Games. There's also Western Michigan at Northwestern. That's a thing. But then how about this? You wrap up the night on Fox Sports 1, Iowa at Creighton. So you've got Wisconsin Providence, Marquette, Illinois, Iowa, Creighton. That is a heck of a slate on Fox Sports 1 on Tuesday night. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you talk about a uh, dream for a basketball fan. That's going to be the case. So, yeah, I'm anxious to see how good Marquette is. You know, they a uh, good team last year, and that'll be a big test for the Lion-Eye. And I'm really looking forward to that game, even though it starts at 10 o'clock with uh, Iowa and Creighton. Wednesday, Ohio State will host Merrimack. Uh, that's in basketball. Stony Brook takes on Nebraska. Georgetown is at Rutgers. Uh, that is one of the least appeasing slates I can see yeah. early on i mean there is nothing wednesday i'm taking wednesday's the day you go hey honey you know what i'm i'm gonna not watch basketball tonight let's let's go out together how about that that's what you do on wednesday right there get you the third drop off yeah <laughs> that gets you the thursday where Wright state is going to be in bloomington seven o'clock on btn missouri at minnesota at 9 p.m the second game of that btn doubleheader that'll get you all the way back to next friday which uh, has uh, another big slate of games here. Uh, Robert Morris, Bobby Moe out there at Wisconsin, Butler, Michigan State will be interesting on Fox Sports 1. Uh, uh, Moorhead State will take on Penn State, Long Beach State to Michigan. Valpo will take on Illinois. I'm sure local fans will enjoy that one, but it's not on TV, which is a bummer. Iowa and Arkansas State, and then Maryland will travel to number 22 Villanova. That rounds out the week of games. I, look, it's Monday. Monday's the day to watch Big Ten basketball, but there's still some interesting matchups here throughout the uh, throughout the week, right? Yeah, exciting games. Going to be going to be a lot of fun, and I love this time of year as you get the Gavit games, and then the Boilers start preparing for that uh, trip to Maui. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Boiler Basketball Show. Uh, hopefully, Jeff is going to make his way into uh, Lafayette sometime soon. We got uh, we got football tonight, man. We got to call some high school football together. Hey, I'll be there. I'm looking forward to that uh, big game. All right, we'll be out at LaRocca Field here, so catch that one tonight, 7 o'clock. Uh, big thank you for listening. It's the Boiler Basketball Show. We'll be back again next week, same time. And, of course, you can always go back and listen to the shows online at 1017thehammer.com, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. And Amazon Music, we'll see you back here again.